0: All right. Uh, good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night, uh, August 11th. Um, and so for those of you who are regular listeners to this weekly podcast, uh, we are shifting, um, at least for the time being, from Wednesday night to Thursday night. What I like to do is um, do these podcasts in conjunction with uh, with classes. And so the Cal State LA class that I was teaching, that ended last week. Um, and the Cal Baptist uh, Strategic management class is still going on for two more weeks. Um, And then right the next week after that, I start, um, I believe, a Tuesday and Thursday night class. So we'll probably be doing these Thursday nights, um, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. But anyway, that's why we're shifting from a Wednesday night, different group. I have a couple of students on with us tonight. Um, Thank you, uh, uh, folks, for joining. Um, So, um, again, it is August 11th. Um, and I'm sorry, it is August Thursday, August 13th, um, and what I wanted to do is start out with the comments, the, the lead article from the August 11th uh, commentary, which is uh, posted up uh, in Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter. Uh, and as you know, this is Intrinsic Value Wealth Report um, uh, radio. So, um, so the, the lead article in, in the August 11th uh, commentary um, is entitled, Should you plan on working from home well into the future? And um, as I kind of explained in the article, you know, there's a theory that's going around. To be honest, I hadn't heard about this until just uh, a week or two ago. Uh, but there's a theory that's going around that the high valuations of tech stocks um, might be suggesting that the effects of the pandemic will be with us for a long time. Um, now, this actually comes as no surprise to us. We've been saying this since things were starting in, in March. Um, and you know certainly we've been saying warning for quite some time since the pandemic started, which hasn't actually been all that long. We just you know, we just started really in March. Um, but you know prior prior to March, you know, like February, January, February of this year, the beginning of this year, we had a very very strong economy. In fact, it's what some people would might call a Goldilocks economy. Um, you know we were kicking along about two and a half percent growth in GDP. Um, inflation was just under two percent. Unemployment was three and a half percent. It was the lowest it had been in fifty years, um, and you know things were just just looking great. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and of course, then we started you know shutting things down. Um, and I believe, by the way, I think that was appropriate. But what we did was to really um, uh, cause a lot of damage to the economy. The damage that's going to take a long time to uh, uh, to recover from. And I'll talk about that here. Uh, a little bit more in this podcast, than what I've talked about in previous podcasts as well. But um, so you know, as as I say, the um, you know the effects of the pandemic, just the fact that we've done so much damage to the um, to the economy, that alone would suggest the effects of the pandemic will be with us uh, for for quite a while. Um, as far as the the coronavirus itself goes, um, you know, my best read on it is that we're probably going to be have a vaccine or several vaccines uh, by the end of the year. Uh, things look like that's so on that front. Things are going very, very well. So, uh, so that's the good news. But you know, once we get the pan- once we get the coronavirus under control, and we can all then start going back to some semblance of our normal lives, perhaps. Um, you know, the, the you know, then we can start the job of repairing the economy. That's going to take some time. That doesn't just happen overnight, especially with as much damage as we've And if you've been following the podcast and the commentaries, uh, you see every week we go through the um, the, the headlines uh, from the the prior week's uh, headlines in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, the news has just been pretty much bad news after bad news after bad news. A little bit recently, it's been a little bit more, um, you know, not, not, not quite as bad news. But of course, the worst thing is, is that, um, and as I mentioned in, in several commentaries, um, and I think one commentary I, that was really dedicated the whole commentary uh, to the fact that are we going back to um, to business too soon? And I warned at the time that, that we are, and of course now um, the country and states and so forth are, are catching up, with, their are realizing that was uh, that they opened up too soon too. So now things are shutting back down, especially here in California. We, uh, uh, we see that on a daily basis. Um, so um, the the other kind of thing about this this theory that's going around uh, about the high valuations of the tech stocks, and are they suggesting um, that the effects of the pandemic will be with us for a while? Um, again, back in March when things started when the pandemic started, I was teaching uh, several classes, and um, I had my students and others. I sent a survey out on SurveyMonkey and asked them, you know, what they see as the changes the you know, the long-term changes in the economy and in the way that we work and society and the way that we socialize and so forth. You know, I asked them, what, what do you see are the, uh, uh, you know, the, the changes that are likely to happen? And by the way, I've asked the, uh, the two current classes as well, uh, or three classes actually, my um, two strategic management classes as well as the uh, uh, Cal State LA class in so those results I haven't compiled them yet. I will be compiling those and sending them out in the near future. But you know, I've, I've seen some of the responses that have come through. I think we did about three surveys now, uh, and um, you know, there's going to be some very very profound changes that we're all going to be having to live with for a long time. So um, now, as also mentioned in the commentary, uh, the August eleven commentary. You know, what's interesting about this new theory. Um, using the high valuations and the, uh, the tech stocks <clears throat> to maybe forecast, uh, uh, you know, societal changes uh, for the long term um, is that it it posits a, a market-based approach to understanding the effects of the pandemic. And um, you know, I certainly um, I, I certainly like market-based approaches um, to to understanding phenomena. Um, Couple of warnings that we have to, or caveats that we have to keep in mind, is that um, you know, the, in in economics, we say that the mark that markets, particularly the stock market, but you know, perfectly competitive markets um, are efficient, which means that they they process the information that's readily available and that's relevant um, to everyone. So, um, so markets, you know, it just means that the information that's out there, everyone's getting. And everyone has a chance to you know uh, act on it process it digest it um run analyses and so forth but that's all it's saying it doesn't say that the market is right and as i mentioned in, in uh, several previous uh, commentaries and I, I first mentioned it in the april 27th commentary um you know the markets are are sometimes actually oftentimes wrong we estimate that it's about 20 percent of the time and um so i would. Suggest you go back if you want to uh, learn more about this. Go back to the 27th commentary and I reference uh, how we get our estimates and uh, direct you to a, uh, uh, you know, one of the commentaries I wrote, uh, or actually one of the charts I have, which really discusses this phenomenon. So, with regards to the markets, you know, the Standard Poor's 500 is dominated by um, a handful of stocks, five in particular, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. Alphabet and Facebook. Alphabet is the parent company of Google. And back in June 15th, which was the last official um, uh, record I have of what the weightings of those companies are in the uh, the S&P 500, um, they were were weighted about 20%. That is, 20% of the S&P 500 is those five companies, those five large companies. The S&P 500, as the name implies, that's 500 companies, 500 large companies, but five companies—Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google's parent Alphabet, and Facebook—make up 20%. And today, I think the number is closer to about 28%, just because they've risen the price so much. So clearly, those stocks are, you know, having a significant impact on the S&P 500, kind of pulling it up um, to, um, uh, you know, to higher valuations. So we have to kind of keep that in mind. Um, but the point is, is that um, the markets uh, are very, very overvalued today, uh, even given that that these five companies, or maybe especially given that these five companies are uh, have such a large weighting <clears throat> and are doing so well, uh, performance-wise in the S&P. So as of last Friday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, these companies are not part of the Dow, uh, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average was treated at a PD ratio of 26.62 in the Standard & Poor's 500 was trading at a PDE ratio of 28.81. 26.62 and 28.81, those are very overvalued markets. Um, you know, our long term um, uh, historical range that we we look at when just compiling long term records of these um, suggests that stocks should be trading more in about the 15 to 18 range. And by the way, that article I mentioned, equal um, 22nd Commentary, which takes you back to a, chart you should look at, um, when you look at that you'll understand why we say uh, that 15 to 18 um, is, is kind of a normalized fair value range for the markets. Um, so, you know, we're significantly above that with 26, almost 27, and almost 29 uh, PV ratios today. Um, another way to look at all this is to say, you know, what would it take to justify the high, high valuations that um, some of these technology uh, uh, stocks have, and so you know one way we can do that is to uh, you know just do a simple present valuing type of calculation, and so the um, the Nasdaq 100 has recently been trading at around a PD, PD multiple of 36. Okay, Nasdaq 100 has a lot of the, the technology stocks in it. Um, a more normalized range for for that index. Um, and again, still high by our standards, but, you know, given the fact that the growth stocks, okay, maybe we can look at that. But anyway, a, a more normalized period ratio of 22. So if you wanted to say that 22 would be a, um, an okay valuation for tech stocks, but recently it's been trading at 36. So then the question you'd ask is, how much would these companies have to, um, how much would the earnings of these companies have to grow over the next three years on an annual compound basis? To kind of grow into the to the valuation of the market's giving it uh, today, and the answer when you compute that out is you know almost 18 17.84 is what I calculate, so almost an 18% annual growth rate. Now for these companies, um, you know especially if you look at you know the five I mentioned, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook, um, you know those are companies that are very very important in today's markets, and especially as we're kind of discussing this article. You know, going forward the technologies they represent um, address the social and changes that are going on and they may be the companies that are of the future I mean, they're certainly companies that are important right now but they also may be on the forefront of things that will be developing in society and so forth so an 18% per annual uh, 18% um, annual growth rate over the next two years that's not inconceivable inconceivable to imagine Uh, But it is robust, and it should be noted that many analysts are forecasting a much, much lower growth rate. uh, One statistic I saw said more like a range of 6% growth over the next few years. But anyway, uh, 18%, that's that's a pretty high growth rate. Um, And especially given where the economy is today, um, you know, uh, the estimates, by the way, for the economy to recover from this, um, I look at these estimates all the time. They have been ranging from anywhere from a couple of years all the way out to a decade. The Federal Reserve, um, not too long ago, said they expect a decade. Uh, the uh, uh, Congressional CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, IMF, and others, you know, again, they're, they're estimating really on, on more the longer term, um, closer to the you know, decade uh, uh, long, 10 year long frame for recovery. So. You know, can these companies grow at 18% a year? Uh, they have great technologies. they have technologies that will be certainly important in the future. Uh, but this is what you have to kind of you know, think about when you're uh, when you're deciding that these um, if these companies worth these valuations. But uh, I kind of conclude this article by saying, if um, if we um, you know believe that the um, That the market is valuing these companies correctly not being wrong like they are about markets being wrong like they're about 20 percent of the time if we so if we believe that the market is right in its assessment this time around then the conclusion is you had better uh, uh, plan on working from home uh, for for quite some time and i think most of us actually enjoy that let's lead article um let me see if there's anything else I want to cover in tonight's uh, podcast. Uh, we've actually talked about the uh, economic, uh, the economy, um, and we're going to have a question-answer and period just for a few minutes. So, um, know there may be some questions on that. Um, yes, yeah, so we covered the economy, I think, pretty well. The markets, again, they're they're overvalued, no matter how you look at it. Even if you want to try and justify it um, with with justifying valuations of these uh, these five companies. Um, Uh, you know, just look back at that article I wrote on April 27th um, and look at that chart we referenced, uh, that chart shows you what's happened in the very, very long term. This isn't the first time that we've had tech stocks and growth stocks get overvalued. And what usually happens, and which actually always happens is that, you know, things get frothy, get overvalued. Investors, uh, to coin, uh, to reference back to Alan Greenspan's uh, very famous quote, um, markets and these stocks, investors get irrationally exuberant on them and things do come come back down. And we're just now in an economic climate where um, uh, you know, there's just too many things that are not good um, on the economic front and the societal front. You know, we still haven't got a vaccine uh, for the coronavirus, although I think we are very, very close. Um, so anyway, so uh, kind of concluding the comment before we do some questions, um, I always like to wrap up by, by uh, answering the question that many people have in their minds. You know, How should you invest um, in this market? Well, um, of course I get asked all the time. Um, you, you don't wanna jump into this market. Um, it, is, it is very, very overvalued. But I also wouldn't suggest that you completely stay out. The uh, markets can stay over, overvalued for very, very long periods of time. Many of the people that listen to this podcast are younger people. And, um, you know, for those that are young in their 20s and even 30s, maybe even in their 40s, um, you've got a long investment horizon. And um, there is a – I'll be doing here in a, in a future podcast or YouTube, the Nailset YouTube channel, uh, Fancy Buddy Luck Report TV, um, I'll be doing a, um, uh, an episode on retire- the retirement calculator that we have. And um, the way it works out, I think I did this for the uh, for the class here night, But the way it works out is that if you invest, if, if you wait to invest until you're you know, too close to retirement, uh, you, you just have to put too much in, in into you know, savings every year uh, to be able to have enough to retire on. So even if the markets a little bit overvalued now, what I really suggest is if you have an investment program where you've been kind of dollar cost averaging into the market, just keep that up. Um, you know, the markets may drop, but they, they may not too. Um, but even if they drop, you know, just keep your program up. With, the way the dollar cost averaging works is if the markets do drop and you keep a regular program going, um, because the prices have dropped and you're, say, putting $100 in and $500 a month, whatever it is, um, you'll end up buying more shares when prices have dropped, so that's a good thing. Um, but over the long term, you know, over the next 20, 30 years, the market's can be higher than what they are now. Um, we believe in the US, which I think we all do. Um, So, you know, so don't stay out of the market. If you don't have any regular investment program, and particularly if you're a young person, do start one, uh, even in this market. Um, But just kind of dollar cost averaging, and I wrote a commentary, uh, or did a podcast, I don't remember now, um, or maybe both, uh, when we talked about dollar cost averaging. But, um, you know, look those up and as I just mentioned the dog cost average are just putting a periodic body in uh, every month or every quarter or whatever every month is probably a good time frame to do it because you get people get paid on a monthly basis um, so just take a little bit of that that money every month you know invest in the market um, more stocks if you're younger um, and, uh, and just invest for the long term um, so with that do we have any uh, any questions from the folks that are on the call I do, Professor. Yes. Yes, you mentioned that the tech tech stock is overvalued, well, this reminds me of the the late '90s, where the dot coms were also overvalued, and when the recession hit, they bottomed out. And this is a this COVID crisis. This is a self imposed recession. And yet, this hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened to our tech uh, companies. Um. But, you know, you can't help to have this gut feeling that it's right around the corner. Yes. In other words, that they're going to come back down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's true. And, and that's what I was saying earlier. Um, it, 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 it happens almost every time. Any stock that gets overvalued, even if they're the greatest, um, you know, tech company or you know, company around, um, when they get that overvalued, they're likely to, to you know, to, to, well, the market's likely to, to either correct them back down or the market as a whole will correct and that'll bring them with them. We're not saying that these companies um, that are overvalued, that they're bad companies. You know, quite the opposite. The market is, is very exuberant about them because they are great companies and they have, you know, great technologies and so forth. But um, it just gets back to that very, very fundamental, um, you know, value investing idea is that you, um, you, you know, you, you don't want to overpay for anything. Um, and now remember, too, um, and I think I've gone through this in class, there, there's another ratio. So we, we talk about price-to-earnings ratios. Um, there's another ratio called the PEG ratio where you divide the price-to-earnings ratio by the growth rate, okay? And the normalized um, uh, relationship to that is that uh, if, if you're trying to justify uh, a high PD ratio for a growth company, and you divide. So let's say that you have a company, uh, a, a, a you know a growth company, a tech company, say that has a price-earnings ratio, of, uh, let's say 20, okay? Um, and, uh, and and we'd like to see a, a much much lower price-earnings ratio. Well, if you di- if you divide, you know, 20 into 20, so P/E ratio is 20, and you assume that you have a growth rate of 20 percent, you know that comes out to to one. And you know, one is about a fair valuation for a PEG ratio. And so, if you have a, um, you know, if you have a higher growth rate the denominator, then that's going to make the ratio less than one. That's that's really good. If you can find those in a market like this, you might be hard pressed to do that. Um, and so, you know, if you're looking at more than about one and a half or two times, uh, you know, multiple on the PEG ratio, then you're, you're probably you know really, really just paying too much for a company, no matter how great they are. So that's just a rough rule of thumb that paid ratio. But yeah, to your point, um, that that's exactly right. That's what uh, that's what we have to watch. Uh, Watches we're not overpaying for these growth companies. Again, they're great companies. you just you just don't want to pay overpay for anything. What other questions can I answer? We're gonna be starting class here in just a couple of minutes too. quite. There's see, there's a few on the you on the call. Thanks for joining. Anyone have any questions or thoughts before we stop the recording, stop the podcast for tonight? Okay, let's go ahead and stop uh, stop the podcast and uh, I'm sorry, yeah, stop the podcast and then we will start class here in just a moment.